It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Welcome to another episode of Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. My name is Mike Bernard. I am your host. Thanks for being with us. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the show. With me in the KFG studio, certified financial planner, financial planners, Josh mm-hmm. Gregory and CPA Ryan Fair. That's right. Well, friends, I hope you're enjoying this holiday season so far and are looking forward to the start of a new year. However, for those of us that are CPAs and financial planners, this is tax planning season, yeah. really. And uh, today, we get to have our friend and trusted tax advisor, Ryan Fair, here to help you make your list, check it twice, (laughs) before the 2018 tax strategies expire and slip away. That and more today on our episode of Wise Money. All right. If you have any questions, we're going to be hitting some tax questions second half of the show. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear from you. Call us or text us, 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. You can find us online, wisemoneyradio.com. You can listen to previous episodes right there, but also submit a question right there on the right. becomes an email, goes right to me. Uh, also, all of our social media. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Um, the YouTube channel is up and running. If you want to see what Ryan looks like, you want to see us in the studio, go check it out. Uh, <laughs> just search Wise Money Radio that way. All right. Welcome back, Ryan. He was, uh, he was just on the program about a month ago. We were talking about tax law changes, how important those are, and, of course, all the tax planning implications there. But today we're talking about one of my favorite topics, and that is just overall tax planning. And the IRS announced some changes that will impact potentially your tax planning for next year. So we're going to hit that as well. But let's dive right in. When, when it comes to tax planning, it's all about being proactive with your taxes. And I'm sort of a geek, so I like that that rhymes a little bit. But <laughs> some of those opportunities for you to get proactive, you've got you've to do something before the end of the year, before the clock strikes midnight on 1231. Some other tax opportunities you have until your tax filing deadline until April 15. I sort of want to break it into those two camps. Let's start with some tax planning strategies that you've got to get done before the end of the year. Yeah. So so yeah. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of uh, low hanging fruit out there that we can start chipping away at with our checklist. That yeah. Individuals, obviously, one of the big things we talk about this time of year uh, is with the tax planning relates to education. Five twenty nine plans. So Indiana has an amazing five twenty nine plan. I'm not going to go through all the details. We've talked about that a number of times, but. You can only make those contributions through December 31st that qualify for 2018's Indiana credit. And I would say it's got to be in the account. So yeah. so you can't just say, well, I postmarked it or whatever. No, it's got to be in the account on that's, the 31st. That's a switch they made just a year or two ago that it used to be if it was in the mail by the end of the year, okay. you were fine. But they want to receive it. So, and, and actually, they're requesting of professionals like us that we get it to them even a couple weeks before the end okay. of the year just because 
because they know there's going to be a flood of dollars that come in. So do not procrastinate on that one. That one maybe needs to be on your list to get handled this weekend even. Yep. And then I'm just going to plug one other thing. I know you didn't want to go too deep into this, but for those of you with college planning on the mind, next week we have a special guest, Dr. Greg Chenoweth, joining the program to talk about college planning and a few other things. So so be sure to check that out as well. But yes, 529 plan contributions get you potentially in Indiana, 20% state tax credit, mm-hmm. but you've got to get that funded before 1231. It's got to be in the account. Yep, absolutely. Uh, some of the other stuff you can only do before year end all relates to capital gains. So right now, this time of year, we've seen some lots of market volatility. And so uh, we haven't seen losses in accounts for, for a while now, it seems like. And there's actually capital losses out there that people can go harvest. Uh, it's painful selling when you have a a stock or a mutual fund that's down in your account, but look at it from a tax perspective. Go ahead and capture that loss. You can reinvest it in something else, not you know, not the exact same fund, but get on it. You know, so there's a flip side to that as well because there are some folks who have owned some investments for a long, long time. And when you look back on 2017 and how amazing that year was in the investment world, a lot of people had their investments run up strongly during that time. Maybe they didn't sell or anything. They've held it right on in through 2018. And so there may be a little bit of a dip there. But the other thing you have to keep in mind, if you're owning mutual funds, they may be pushing out to you uh, what are known as capital gain distributions. Mm-hmm. So you may have to pay tax on profits that you actually didn't generate by selling that mutual fund. Instead, instead, you have to look kind of beneath the layer there, uh, under the hood, so to speak, and realize that that mutual fund may have been selling some stuff at a profit. Right. And all those profits could get pushed through to you. So th- this is actually one of those years, potentially, where investors have experienced their own accounts falling in value and yet they may end up having to pay some tax because their mutual funds are pushing these gains out to them. Yep. None of that is relevant if all your money is in an IRA or a Roth IRA, though. We're just talking about taxable accounts here. But don't don't be caught off guard or unprepared for that one. I would also echo the so, – so tax loss harvesting, you probably haven't had to do that in 10 years, yeah, maybe, maybe what, eight years. But, but – um, but look at your account, right? It, it is uncomfortable to look at it when when the market's uh, down this quarter and, and um, all over the place, really. But the other thing is there also might be reason to capture a little bit of gain right. as well. And you know, if you're still in the zero, 10, or 12% tax bracket, then your federal capital gains rate's going to be zero. Mm-hmm. You would still have to pay state and local tax on that gain, but there might be some dollars that it would make sense to harvest yep. because you're going to be paying 0% capital gains on that. So just just take a planful approach there as well. Yeah. One of the other things that Josh uh, mentioned was, hey, some, you know, with the, the, the way that the market's been the last few years, a lot of people did see a huge run-up in uh, stocks or funds in uh, 2017 and even a little bit of 2018, but um, look at your your charitable contribution strategy too. If you have individual mm-hmm. stocks that have substantial uh, gains on them, you can avoid some of those capital gains by gifting those shares to either a charitable charitable organization or to a uh, charitable trust type investment. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's lots of 
good planning that you can do with those uh, stocks or funds that have really run up in recent years. And it needs to take into picture the uh, the whole charitable giving plan. Yeah. Well, what, what you're getting at is that if you were to go sell that investment right. and write a check to that charitable organization, you have to first pay tax on the money, any of those gains, and then they receive the uh, the, the, the donation mm-hmm. as a write-off to you, potentially. Mm-hmm. But what if you could just skip the step of paying the tax on it yourself, mm-hmm. you shift the entire asset to them and let them pay tax at their rate, which is zero, zero right? Yeah, so it's, it's an amazing way to avoid tax on some of those uh, you know, great performing investments that you've you've held for a long time. But yeah. you're still blessing this organization that, oh, yeah, you, absolutely. that that you want to support. That's right. But the other thing, you're right. Any charitable donation, you've got to get in by twelve thirty one. Right. And so so many people used to itemize and they won't anymore. But if you're still going to itemize, I would consider, you know, if you've got some some clothes collecting dust and you know you're gonna itemize, take those over to Goodwill. Get that yep. done before twelve thirty one so you can have that part of your deduction. Yep. Absolutely. Um also, I mean, from a, uh, let's see, from a business standpoint, there's a few things that you can start looking at before year end as well. Uh, lots of lots of small businesses, if they've had a great year with the economy that, you know, the way everything's booming, even, you know, one person, two person small businesses, look at a retirement plan. Some of those retirement plans have to be open before December 31st. You don't have to contribute to all of them before December 31st, but the account has to be open by December 31st, which is huge. Uh, you can get that those contributions in and get the tax savings, but the account has to be opened or created before the end of the year. Another example of that is the health savings account, right? Mm-hmm. You have to have that account open at your local bank or your credit union. If you're eligible to use an HSA, uh, hopefully your employer has made a big deal about mm-hmm. that to you. It's all dependent upon what type of health insurance plan they've offered to you. It has to be a high deductible plan and meet some other requirements. But if you have an HSA or health savings account available to you, maybe you haven't even decided whether or not you're going to contribute to it yet. But if you get the account open, you're buying yourself another three months. You have until April to uh, to get that contribution made. Fantastic segue, Joshua Gregory. We are going to be talking about funding the HSA and funding a couple other things that you can actually fund up until April 15 and impact your 2018 taxes. There's still, though, a couple of things that need to be done before the end of 2018 if you want to get the most out of your tax planning. I'm thinking of at least one other for individuals and at least one other for businesses. Ryan's saying he's got a couple as well. So there's still a lot more tax planning opportunities we're going to hit coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Do you have a full tax planning checklist that you are marking off to make sure that you capture all of your tax planning opportunities to make this year 
the least taxing as possible? I hope so. We're helping you with that today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard here with me in the KFG Studios, CPA and CFP, Ryan Fair. Between us, Joshua Gregory. Special thanks to the attorneys at Ledoux, Kern, and Keene, as well as First State Bank for making the Wise Money Show possible. Thank you very much. If you have any questions, again, we're going to be hitting some tax questions coming up second half of the program. Reach out to us. Call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574 574- 222-2000. WiseMoneyRadio.com is how you find us online. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, just search Wise Money Radio. Okay, so we've broken up the tax planning into two camps. Some things you've got to get done before 1231 in order to help your 2018 taxes. Other things you have until April 15, potentially, to help your 2018 taxes. We're still in the first camp. So, Ryan, I think there's a couple other things that you've got to do before 1231 in order to improve your 2018 taxes. Yeah, I had a couple more listed, one for personal, one for business that I wanted to hit. For the business, um, year-end time is when you need to be reevaluating your depreciation strategy. So what? lots of time... No one is thinking about that, right? Well, you should be. <laughs> so uh, the depreciation rules are very advantageous to write off a big chunk of your equipment, uh, property, plant, and equipment expenses here before the end of the year. So if you are looking at you know adding a certain piece of equipment sometime soon, you know, it may make sense to do it before the end of the year so that you can write it off on this year's taxes as opposed to waiting till 2000, early 19, or early 2019 to purchase it and then having to wait a full year to write it off and get that tax benefit. So reevaluate that stuff. Don't go out and spend money just to spend money, but do it with a tax, uh, tax mind. Mindset. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Another, real quick, I'll hit on my other one that I had uh, that I wanted to talk about related to individuals and has to do with uh, required minimum distributions. Uh, lots of people are required. <laughs> yes. Josh, has yes. his, Josh has his checklist here. Josh always uh, significantly overprepares for every show. He, and uh, and so he's got his checklist. And it was a very, very dramatic check <laughs> that he just gave. You're stealing my thunder here. <laughs> yes. but that's, all right. all right. that's why I kept talking. I didn't want to stop because I knew you'd jump in. But, uh, so required minimum distribution. Once you turn age 70 and a half, you're required to take money out of your retirement accounts, your traditional IRAs. 401ks, 403bs, all of that stuff. Review all of those. Make sure that you get your distribution out before the end of the year. One piggyback on that is related to charitable giving. We talked about that in the first segment. Uh, There is an awesome plan that you're allowed to, uh, it's called a Qualified Charitable Distribution or QCD. You can actually give a charitable contribution straight from your IRA to a designated charity and you don't have to itemize to get that charitable deduction. It allows you, it satisfies your RMD. Yeah. But it doesn't, basically, it doesn't become taxable and then you deduct it. It's just not taxable to you. Right. So it's awesome. It's similar to the idea that we talked about in the last segment about what if rather than selling that stock at a high profit and paying tax on it and then gifting cash to the, the charity, what if you just gave them the stock and let them cash it in? It's a similar effect because you don't have to count that IRA distribution as income to you. Mm-hmm. But it's got to be for your RMD. You've got to be over age 
seven and a half right. in order to do that. You can't just do that if you're 59 or, right. you know, 61. That's right. And RMD is a new term to a whole bunch of, of folks out there who turned 70 and a half this year. They, they know this lingo now. Mm-hmm. It's required minimum distribution. It's, it's the required amount that you have to pull out of those retirement accounts each year so that you keep the IRS off your back here. If you miss this, it's a 50% penalty. Did you guys hear that there's there's some push some some legal push to get rid of RMD? Have you guys heard that? No, uh, never happened. No, I don't think it'll no happen either. either. <laughs> but but there's actually I I've seen some push about that. All no, right, I Josh, hope. what else is on your list? I've got two more. Let's see who wins. Okay, so one of the strategies that you've heard us talk about many times on this show, and now is the time of year where you would actually implement this: Roth conversions. This is where you shift money from an IRA to a Roth IRA, which is a taxable event to you, but it's not a penalized event as long as you pay those taxes that you're incurring out of your pocket or out of any potential refund. But the whole idea here is that if you know you're in a low tax bracket this year, because there's only a few weeks left in the year and and there's not a lot of guesswork here, uh, you may want to take advantage of that low tax bracket by paying tax on some of that IRA money, which has never been taxed before, getting it into a Roth IRA where any future growth happens tax-free. You never pay tax on that growth again. It's an amazing strategy. It's not something that we recommend that you really do early in the year. You wait until the end of the year when you have more clarity on what your tax picture is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Especially this year, since you're not allowed to go back and undo that. Re- That's right. Yep. Yeah. There's no do-overs on this right. one. you got to get it right the first time. One other one, you know, we've been talking about charitable contributions, and we recognize that that needs to happen by the end of the year. But I'll just point out, um, for those of you that are supportive to a college or a university here in Indiana, uh, maybe it's your alma mater, maybe it's just a school that you love to support or something. Um, When you gift money to an Indiana college or university as a Hoosier yourself or an Mm -hmm. Indiana taxpayer, you can make yourself eligible for a state income tax credit. It's 50% of the contribution that you make up to uh, the, the first $200 that you contribute. So in other words, if you give $200 to uh, a, a local school, you're going to get $100 off on your Indiana tax return. Mm-hmm. So th- there's not that many tax incentives out there that give you 50 cents back when you, you donate a dollar, mm-hmm. right? It's something that's, uh, it, it's a great incentive, I guess, to help support these schools that, uh, you know, are, are doing great work. I say, it, plus you still can itemize it as an, if you're itemizing, if you're itemizing yep. you still, so it could be greater than 50%. That's right. Yep. Yep. Okay. I, I had one last one here and it's really obscure and we're late in the year. I get it, but I have uh, kind of uh, some, some. Um, clients that I am really blessed to serve that have sort of created this support group where we've taken all of their paycheck and given it to their 401k. (laughs) I'm just kidding. They haven't created a support group yet, but it is hard when you're working, 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 and you get a zero check because it's all gone to your 401k. But some of you are looking at this year saying, wow, this was a great year. I made a lot of money. And with my income being so high, I might lose out on some deductions or some credits. And so how can I make my how can I still make as much as possible, but make my income look as low as possible? And I just met with someone this week where, yeah, she's getting a net zero check. Um, you can't put money into your 401k 
once the year is over. It's got to come out of your paycheck. And so look at it, and some of you might be getting year-end bonuses. Look at that and say, should you put a significant portion of that into your 401k? Should you ramp that up for these last couple pay periods and uh, and contribute more? And then also with that, potentially withholdings as well. A lot of people, we've been warning you all year, a lot of people have had their withholdings go down more than what their tax benefit's going to be. Most people are receiving a tax benefit with the new tax laws, but your withholdings have gone down quite a bit. If you're going to be in trouble there, it might be the case where you want to bump up those withholdings uh, pretty aggressively these last couple pay periods. So anything else? All right, let's start dipping our big toe in the water. What are some of the tax planning strategies that you can implement after the beginning of the year, but before the April 15 deadline? Yeah, so we've hit on a couple of them already, but uh, just circling back, health savings account contributions, uh, you can you can do those up until your filing deadline, and so you can once your taxes are pretty well complete, you can mess with you know your contributions and see what the real impact to your return will be, and then get those contributions made before the end of the year. I get, but I get I have to I have to make a public service announcement about this because Ryan you you're gonna know what I'm talking about because mm-hmm. it happens a handful of times every single year mm-hmm. we meet with some folks in the spring we realize they didn't fully max their HSA and we tell them hey do you have an extra thousand or two thousand whatever put that in your HSA for last year it'll give you this deduction and so they say great they go to the bank and they make that contribution mm-hmm. but they never tell the teller or they do tell the teller but they don't record it, mm-hmm. that this was actually for last year. Yep. Make sure if you're making an HSA contribution, and same for IRA or Roth, mm-hmm. which we're going to get to in a moment, for in 2019, but it's for tax year 2018, you've got to tell them that. Make sure it's crystal clear. Otherwise, it's a huge, huge mess. I teased out there, there's a couple others that you can, a couple other tax strategies that you can implement after 1231, but before April 15, in order to help your dead, uh, help your taxes for 2018. We've got that and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Did you know that some of your favorite tax sheltering strategies just got an increase in how much you can contribute to them for 2019? If you didn't hear that, we're going to break all that down for you, tell you exactly what you need to know so that starting 1-1 of 2019, you set the right contribution limits for all those. Take advantage of that. We've got that coming up. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being with us. My name is Mike Bernard coming to you from the KFG studios, Joshua Gregory, Ryan Fair with me as well. Want to say thank you to Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies as well as Diane Bennett with Remax 100 for partnering with the Wise Money Show. Thank you very much. So far, we've been discussing these tax planning opportunities, things you need to get done before 1231, and things that you actually can do up until April 15. If you've missed anything, we've uh, we've already hit the ones with the more urgent deadline. If you've missed anything, you can find every episode right there on the YouTube channel. Just search Wise Money Radio on YouTube, subscribe to it, like it, even share it to other folks that you know that uh, could use some of the um, proactive tax guidance. You can call or text 574-222-2000 if you have a question for an upcoming show, a question for you personally, just reach out, call or text 574-222-2000. Lastly, find us online, Wise Money Radio as well, submit questions, listen to previous episodes, all that sort of stuff. 
Okay, so there's a few other tax planning strategies that you can do um, retroactively, if you will, um, that after 1231, but before April 15, you've got a window where you can actually look at a rough draft of your return or see maybe how things might land and then decide to do something about it. So we said HSA contributions, you could actually go back as long as you were eligible for an HSA Mm -hmm. and you had the account open. I teased out there, you can do the same thing with IRAs and Roths, right? Yep. So what what else is, uh, it makes up that list, Ryan? Yeah, really just the other retirement plans in that, in that family. So SEP IRAs, uh, you, can, you can go back and, you know, contribute to those and see what the impact is going to be, and um, also some of the profit-sharing contributions. Well, that SEP IRA, if, if you're not familiar with that one, you hear us talk about traditional IRAs all the time, and this other animal, the Roth IRA, but SEP IRAs Mm -hmm. don't come up all that often. And it's really because they're created for business owners, small businesses, or self-employed individuals. Um, Stands for Simplified Employee Pension, and then IRA added to it. Mm -hmm. It just has special rules, and it, it essentially allows you to contribute potentially much more money if you have a very profitable year. And uh, it's hopefully something that's on your radar screen if you are a subcontractor somewhere or you're self-employed individual of some kind, you know, a, a consultant or, or something like that. You may have big income, but the beauty of the SEP IRA is just the flexibility on how much you contribute and the timing of that contribution. Yep. You, you can wait until your tax return is done. You can push it out as far as your tax filing deadline with extensions. Mm-hmm. So you could be contributing in late summer, early fall to this account for the prior year. It's, yep. pre- it's pretty awesome uh, late stage tax planning tool. That's right. That's right. Any others, Ryan, that uh, yeah, I, I didn't have any either, although I did have one that, oh, Josh. I, I have another one. Okay, Josh. Wait, and yeah. Ryan mentioned this one as a tax planning tool to get in place before the end of the year. Uh, and that is if you're, again, a business owner and you purchase some equipment or tools, mm-hmm. some sort of machinery, that kind of thing, a, a large asset, could even be a vehicle or furniture, um, you have to put that into service. You know, it has to be uh, delivered to you and in use before the end of the year. But you really have until the, the time you file your taxes to decide how you're going to write it off on your taxes. And, and I would just, you know, promote Ryan and our tax team, um, because at, for the business owners that I get a chance to serve, and I know Josh and Kevin and Lance and Matt uh, and Bill and Amy at the, on the team, I mean, Ryan and Scott and our tax team, they do a great job with saying, all right, so this equi- this piece of equipment was purchased. I'm assuming we want to deduct all of it. Or, you know what, in their situation, it was a lower tax year, so let's take this sort of depreciation schedule. I don't, I don't know. But I would assume that's rare among tax preparers, um, and and so I would I would give a big kudos to our tax team because, yeah, we're proactive about that. Yes, it has to be in use before twelve thirty one, but you have until you file your taxes to decide and actually look at different ways of how that you should take that deduction. There's a lot of business owners or farmers, uh, self-employed individuals who just have a bias towards, uh, they've known for a number of years that they can buy a piece of equipment and write the whole thing off all in one year. Mm-hmm. And it's almost a knee-jerk reaction. It's automatic. Mm-hmm. I, I want that tax savings now because you love the, uh, the, the money staying in your pocket come tax time. But having a, a, 
an intentional, proactive conversation with your tax advisor and your financial planner to think through out there in the future, those years that are coming, is your income rising? Is it going to stay flat? Is it declining? How does this year's tax bracket compare to future years is really what you're trying to decipher. Because the year that you take that write-off, that's when you're solidifying those tax savings, and we want to maximize them over time. If you have a loss this year, and that mindset of I'm always going to deduct everything as soon as I can, I'm not sure that would make a ton of sense. Right. Um, so, so you're right. Your CPA needs to be having discussions with your certified financial planner. You need to make those decisions in context of your entire situation, but also your anticipated tax and income situation for the couple years ahead. So great, great point. I'm glad you brought that one back up. Here's something else. On one one of this year, if you're not maximizing your contributions to your retirement account, just, just go ahead. Just set yourself a reminder in your phone right now and say, Hey, Siri, I'm just kidding. (laughs) My watch and my phone's probably going to (laughs) buzz. Increase my 401k contributions 1% or 2% starting starting at the beginning of the year. And and it's not going to help you for last year, but we're kind of in between. I'm gonna we're gonna tell you about the new contribution limits for all those fund accounts for 2019. But set that habit. If you increase it like clockwork, like that, over the next several years. The amount of tax savings, the amount of um, of compound interest, the amount of growth, that is just a wonderful habit. So I'd encourage you to do that. Set yourself that reminder right now. 1-1-2019, increase your 401k, your 403b, whatever it is, increase that savings, your contribution amount by 1%. There are some of you who are bold enough to do it now, though. If yeah. you're not on pace to max it out here for 2018, you can make that increase now and just have yourself set on the, the right contribution uh, path to max it out next year. And now, obviously, that's coming right before some of the, the holiday season here, and, and you might want every take-home pay dollar <laughs> that you can. But hopefully, uh, you've already finished any uh, gift shopping. That money's already spent. Uh, go ahead and take action now while you're thinking of it. Don't get mad at me, but... Of course, I was done before Thanksgiving. I, I oh tell you, goodness. I told you that last Jeez. year too. I only have one person to shop for. It's my wife, and I just, I just get her done. All right, Jeez. let's talk about 2019 contribution limits. The IRS gets to tinker with these each year: 401k, IRA, Roth IRA, HSA, uh, or they leave them the same. I think they left them the same in 2018. Mm-hmm. 2019. What are we looking at? They're on the rise. Hey, so, yeah. The IRS uh, released those rates a few weeks ago, and. Uh, so, so yeah, we'll run through a few of them here. The the one that impacts a lot of people with traditional IRA, Roth IRA contributions, uh, historically, the last few years, a couple years, we've been at 5,500 plus, plus an extra catch-up. This year, the IRS has increased those contribution limits to $6,000 per person. And then if you happen to be over age 50, you get to do an extra 1,000. So up to 7,000 per person, which is... Heading in the right direction. You yep. remember when that was two thousand? Yeah. I was just getting into the business. Yeah. I was just starting yep. my career when it was. It makes 2000. us feel old, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Man, so okay. five hundred dollar increase on that for yep. those of you who are set up to max fund your Roth IRA or IRA through automatic payroll or excuse me, automatic um, 
contribution out of it, your checking account, you'll want to increase those amounts. Yep. Uh, the other one, Mike was hitting on the 401k, 403b, retirement plan stuff through work. Those limits are up too this year. So we're up to 19000 per person for 401ks, 403bs. And then the catch-up is still at 6000 That's $25,000 into retirement plan if you're over age 50. Can you imagine if you and your spouse were both working for an employer that had one of these types of, of accounts available to you? That's $50,000 that you could be saving in those late years when you're in your peak earning years. Love sure. it. A lot of you have simple IRAs. A lot of you, uh, of you have HSAs. We're going to hit those contributions as well. And then, as promised, listener questions. We've got a few of those to hit. That and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the inspired team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Do you have a plan set up to maximize and capture the increased contribution limits that the IRS just announced a few weeks ago? I hope so. We're telling you right now what those new limits are. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being with us in the KFG studios. My name's Mike Bernard. Joshua Gregory with me. Across from me, special guest CPA and CFP Ryan Fair. If you've missed anything, we've talked about all of the tax planning opportunities that you need to get done before 1231, and then we've also made a list of all the tax planning opportunities that you have up until April 15 to do as well. So we basically have made your year-end tax planning checklist for you. Boy, if that seems like valuable content, go check us out on the podcast, listen to the whole thing. Actually, before the show, Ryan was saying, a friend of his, uh, just binge listen to a number of the podcast episodes. You can do that right in a row. You can subscribe to it. It's on on Google Play. It's on Apple iTunes, Apple iTunes as well, podcast. You'll want to search Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. That's Corhorn with a K. Every episode's also on the on the uh, website, wisemoneyradio.com. It's also on the YouTube channel. Just search Wise Money Radio. All right, so the IRS announced new contribution limits for your favorite tax shelter uh, accounts for 2019. The IRA and Roth IRA, so the traditional and Roth IRA contribution limits went from 5,500 to 6,000. That catch-up amount, if you're 50 or older, stays at 1,000. The 401k and 403b contribution limits increased from 18,500 to 19,000. And that catch-up is still six thousand. So mm-hmm. you can do twenty-five grand sure. if you're fifty year old. You can do twenty-five grand into your four hundred one k for twenty nineteen. What about simple IRAs? So, yeah. so lots of lots of uh, small employers have simple IRAs. They're great retirement plans for small business. The max contribution for those this or for two thousand nineteen is going to be thirteen thousand per person. And again, if you're over age fifty, you can do an extra three thousand catch-up. So okay. that's big. And then last one I want to hit is health savings accounts. So those vary every year as well. 
the if you if you're a single uh, single person eligible for HSA, the max contribution is thirty five hundred dollars, and then a, this for some reason the age for the catch up is different. So if you're over age fifty five instead of fifty, you can do an extra thousand for catch up, and then for the uh, family plan, if you have a family plan HSA, you can do seven thousand into that plus an extra thousand catch up. So. Those limits are so confusing. I don't know yeah. why. They, they, they twist those just a little bit. I, I know in the tax law uh, proposals that were you know, being pushed through Congress about a year ago, they were talking about increasing those limits significantly, and hopefully they pick those back up. I don't know. And I think it's more important uh, to just know what your particular options are going to be as opposed to knowing the exact dollar amounts because they are changing. It's something that you can look up anytime. But you need to have these ideas in the back of your mind because you never know when there's going to be surprise resources that show up in your hands. It could be a tax refund you weren't fully expecting. It could be inherited money, a big bonus that uh, came in larger than expected. But when you have these surprise dollars and uh, maybe you have a limited amount of time to take action and take advantage of some of these tax savings, you need to have at least a tentative game plan uh, in mind already and make sure that that game plan is consistent with your overall financial plan. And then lastly, I would tell you, in, in the wake of those uh, increased contribution limits or even even not, increase what you're contributing mm-hmm. to your 4 If you're not maxing it out, increase it just a little bit, just a smidgen, 1%, 2%. I would tell you to do that 1-1. One, one. Josh even challenged you and said, just make that change right now. Yes, get in the habit of increasing those contribution limits just by a little bit each and every year. So, All right, we're going to transition into listener questions. But before we do, Ryan, you've yeah. got, you know, our, our tax team is getting ready for tax season. And um, we'd, we'd love to help if you don't have uh, a preparer right now or looking for a new option. So Yeah, absolutely. I just... Yeah, now is the time. We're doing all of our tax planning uh, as far as staffing and, uh, you know, getting all of our supplies and materials and software and everything ready. You know, reach out to us. Right now we're taking appointments for those, uh, you know, tax appointments. If you want to sit down and meet with somebody and have your taxes looked at, prepared uh, for 2018, now is the time. Get in the books. uh, Get scheduled. Give us a call. And if you don't want to meet with anybody and just want to get on our radar for uh, dropping off taxes, again, now's the time. We, we will send out organizers the first of the year where you know we input your prior year tax return if you're a new client, and we will actually send you an organizer that helps you know ask you some of these questions to get to know you better and understand your situation for the year, and then also help you just gather the materials that you need to be watching your mailbox for. I can't I, I can't stress enough the importance of putting in last year's return if, if you're not an ongoing client or let's say you bounce around to prepare to prepare you're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah. There's a there's a really big company that has a couple initials at the beginning of it that talk about how oh <laughs> we we will double check last year's return. Oh my goodness we actually double check last year's return yeah. and we catch a ton of mistakes made by that specific company. And yeah. so, uh, oh my goodness, just yeah. gets me on a soapbox. So, so yeah, but now is the time. I mean, if you come in in February and March and April and need your taxes done at that point, we, we're 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 still going to double check your return, but yeah. we're not going to take the time to input it for the prior year and and do do all of that work. But uh, now is the time. We can we can help you out right now and. Uh, 
get planned ahead. Now, right. now is also the time to be running a proactive tax projection mm-hmm. before the end of the year. If you can't look at your team of advisors and say confidently that your CPA and your financial advisor are collaborating to help you have a game plan for saving taxes over your whole lifetime, then now is the time to get that in place. There's That's still right. time in 2018. That's right. Okay. Uh, Let's hit at least one listener question. Mm-hmm. Chad's 26 from Mishawaka. Here's what he asked. I'm wondering which is better, paying more on my student loans or increasing the amount I contribute to my 401k? I have about 40000 left in student loans, and I'm currently contributing 6% to my 401k. I think I've got about an extra 500 bucks a month or so I can devote to one of these. Which do you think is best? Do you have an opinion? I do. What's your opinion, Ryan? I was going to say, as long as he's taking advantage of the company match on the 401k, I would do that, and then I would crank the 500 bucks towards that debt and get it paid off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so build the financial stability into your life. Get aggressive there. I, I agree. The first question is, are you getting the full match yeah. out of your uh, employer's contributions? I, I, my mind actually went to the challenge that was given to me once when, when I was thinking maybe I had 500 bucks that I could put towards something someone challenged me to do more so reframe here chad uh, if you think you've got 500 rework the budget and make it 750 and have that be on top of the the payments that you're already making and just watch that 40,000 disappear and the the key though is i think it's important for you to first run a retirement projection and know with confidence what is the right amount for you to be saving so that someday uh, when you've drawn your last paycheck you have the right resources to be able to live off of as a supplement to social security or whatever other source of income you're going to have the reason you need to know that number is I can about guarantee you that 6% is not that number. You're below where you need to be, but that doesn't mean you have to get there right now, today. I just want you to know how far below am I so that someday when those student loans are gone and you've freed up a whole bunch of cash flow, again, the current student payment or student loan payment and that 750 I'm challenging you with, mm-hmm. when those can have a new home or a new purpose given to them, I want you to know how much of it needs to immediately be captured for that retirement goal that you're questioning about right now. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, even short of if you, you know, at 26, you might say, I'm not running a retirement projection. So much is going to change. I would just tell you, you probably need to save 15%. You need to be saving 15% towards retirement. Mm-hmm. I, but I would agree with, with uh, both Ryan and, and Josh. And but I'd also point out, are there other areas in your financial life that probably have a higher priority? Yep. Are there emergency funds that you need to stack? Uh, some dollars away in and are there other things that you might be missing out on and then and then lastly I would say with that 401k contribution at 26 just getting started are you putting that into the right 401k is that going pre-tax or is that going mm. Roth mm-hmm. so so there again you got to take a planning approach even at 26 when you say really I need a financial planner I need to pay a financial planner yeah yeah, you need at least to take a look and say, hey, am I am I pointed in the right direction? So I appreciate the question, Chad. And that includes which investments are you choosing inside right. of that account as well. That's right. So. That's right. Well, Chad, thanks for the question. We've got another question from Braden coming up, but we're going to have to delay that for uh, a future discussion. Thanks for being with us. Ryan, always enjoy when you're on the program. You bet. Um, thanks. And so, if you, again, if you've missed anything on any of these tax planning strategies or creating that checklist, um, you can 
can catch up, pre- catch the previous episode, the whole episode, right there on the YouTube channel. On behalf of Ryan Fair, Josh Gregory, and myself, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.